Welcome to Brigity Frack. We do talk back. Thank you for joining us in this episode. Hello, my name is Patrick and I'm Frack. Hello, my name is Jeff and I'm Frick. Frickity Frack, We Do Talk Back is a show where we d- will discuss different aspects of fandom and how they relate to the gospel. Currently, we are going through the Prime Video series Invincible and connecting lessons from each episode to teachings in the Bible. Now, just as many of you are, we are also fans of other things as well. So when we finish with Invincible, we're going to go, we'll go in a different direction and we could be looking at anything ranging from anime, comics, video games, movies, or anything else that we're just generally fans of. We got the name of the show from our father who dubbed us as Frickin' Frack since we were kids. So this episode is entitled Here Goes Nothing. Uh, And so this episode begins with the Burger Mart trash bag that Mark flung from last episode uh, comes falling down from the sky and nearly takes out the security guard from the White House and his stepson, but the kid saves him and calls him dad. Uh, We then meet Cecil and his troops as they discover the Guardians had been killed and Omni-Man was knocked out and in a coma. Uh, Afterwards, Debbie notices Nolan never came home and misses him. Uh, Mark doesn't really think anything of it when uh, all of a sudden federal agents come to take them to Nolan. Cecil explains what little evidence they have and the fact that they know very little. Uh, They then get an alarm that there is an attack going on downtown. Uh, Invincible arrives to fight, but uh, starts off doing a very terrible job until Adam, Eve, and the rest of the team team arrive. Uh, Robot gives them directions, and Adam and Eve, and Adam Eve gives Mark protection long enough for him, him to get a very injured lady to the hero hospital. Uh, Robot doesn't think they will, will will win when all of a sudden the army starts to rapidly age and die. Uh, and the rest run away. As Mark gets the woman to the hospital, he is overwhelmed with his inability to be like his father. Mark goes to school in a daze when he runs into William and tells him that his dad was attacked. William says he'll be there for him when he sees Eve and her civilian clothes. Uh, They share secret identities and go to talk about being a hero. Mark complains about how useless he was, and he talks him through it and invites him to meet the teen team. Uh, Robot and Cecil debrief over the Flaxen invasion. Cecil leaves and arrives at the murder scene of the Guardians when their breath starts showing. Uh, uh, Damien Darkblood appears and he says he has started his investigation. Amber approaches Mark about his fight uh, and then he quickly leaves with Eve. They fly through the city having fun with each other and they eventually make it to the teen team's HQ. Uh, Rex Splode teases him, and the others introduce themselves as well. Robot informs him of the nature of the Flaxons and says they will be who Cecil and the GDA call on for help since the Guardians are MIA. Uh, Mark goes back to the hospital to talk to his dad, and his mom checks on him. He also checks on the woman he brought there as well. As Eve and Mark are at school, the Flaxons return, and they go to fight them again. They notice they aren't getting older and go to stop them anyways. The Flaxes are prepared for the teens until the leader tries to kill Eve. Mark breaks through and destroys his wristband, uh, and they change uh, the heroes change tactic, tactics and win the day. Mark gets the call that Nolan is awake and can go home. He's not 100%, but he's going home. 
Mark checks on Maya and uh, the woman he saved and found that she had died from her injuries. Omni Man gets his costume back in a very forceful manner. Nolan and Mark uh, train when Cecil arrives uh, to recruit him to fight an incoming invader. He said Mark instead, and he fights Alan the alien. During the fight, Mark calls a timeout and finds out that Alan has been coming to the wrong planet uh, this whole time. And uh, as he as Mark is coming back, Cecil questions Nolan again about the attack. Mark's bully apologizes to him for fighting and gives him Amber's number. And as Todd walks away, Mark gets a call about the Flaxen army invading once again. Robot explains the dire situation as they enter battle. Invincible is getting beaten when Omni-Man arrives. He defeats them easily and hits the leader into a portal and follows. Uh, w doesn't think anything of it. In the portal, you see Nolan destroying the Flaxen Empire. Uh, he arrives home later that evening when the Guardians of the Globe are announced as dead. Damien Darkblood tells Cecil that the murderer must be one of the Guardians. Uh, Cecil threatens him and then has a surveillance team put on the Grayson family. All right, so this is the second episode of the first season of Invincible. So we do still have some uh, first appearances uh, for this uh, in this episode. And some actually really important ones for the Invincible series going forward. Uh, first, the first appearance of the team team, which that includes Robot, Rexplode, Adam Eve, Duplicate, and I think that's it, right? That's all, that's all they of the team team so far. And then we also got introduced to Cecil, the Global Defense Agency or the GDA, Alan the Alien, and the Coalition of Planets. Well, obviously we didn't really meet the Coalition of Planets, but they're brought up for the first time. Uh, one of the things that's also different in this episode from the comics is that the Burger Mart bag was lands in front of a random weirdo, not the security guard from the White House. Um, and now... The whole security guard thing from the first episode, I, I mentioned this because the Mark throwing things randomly uh, is, a, is a, a running gag through the comic. And so that's the reason why I bring it up. Um, well, so just, I, I, think it's, I think it's actually great. It's one, it is something that genuinely did happen in the comics. Uh, if random at at some random point in the series, the Burger Mart trash bag lands on lands on the ground, and it lands in an area where Burger Mart is not, and it's right. kind of like, what? What is this? And it's just like, oh, that's it. and and one of the things that's so great it was it wasn't like it was the next issue like it is with the series, but again, that's fine. Like because again, it's not that big of a deal. It still has that same impact where it's like. Because again, with as bloody as the show is, the way that it explodes, you think some random body just fell out of the sky. Right. No, it was it was Mark's burger mat bo- burger mat bag, and so again, I personally I loved that they did this. Mm-hmm. I still annoyed about the security guard from the White House. The yeah. fact that he built it just again it it serves 
no it, it, it serves no other purpose like all of that like that that stupid trying to you know pull at your heartstrings or whatever in the first couple of minutes of the, of the episode and again fortunately this was much shorter and and so it wasted so much little so much less of your time uh but again i still feel cheated the fact that this is still occurring that this is still there and again does not serve a purpose to the story overall it could have just been some random people talking and like taking taking pictures in front of the of Nottingham Palace, which is where they were. And so, Palace. what did I say? Nottingham. <laughs> That's my bad. That's Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> in my defense, within the last couple of days or so, I have watched Robin Hood Men in Tights. So, my bad. <laughs> so I got Robin Hood on the brain a little bit. My bad. That's um, all right. But yeah, so they're in front of Buckingham Palace and the Burger Mart bag lands. I still piss that it's them and I still have to hear them and think of them. I just, I'm, nope, I'm pretty sure no, this is you. the last episode they're in. I don't think they're in anymore. One. It's one more. Okay. Um, Actually, well, I don't, I don't think the security guard is, but the sun is the sun. Yeah, is that's right. Um, so this whole episode is, is based around Mark really getting his feet wet in the hero world and so this is and this is going to get into more of the biblical theme too but this is also the another big difference from the comics and i i, I mentioned this little in our last in our last episode that mark uh struggles to be a hero in this series where in the comics he took to it like fish and water uh, right. he he never really struggled all that much uh, yeah, I mean, he wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. That's one of the great things about the Invincible series. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he was pretty much primed and ready to go. Uh, this is showcases it not well at all, that he's not ready. Um, and I, I really do like that. Um, so, and, and, and again, like we, and we'll do this sporadically throughout as we talk about what we liked about the episode and things that we thought about. Um, but this is one of the things that is, if I remember correctly, the Flaxons, that was purely always an Omni-Man invincible thing. The team team never got involved with the Flaxons, if I remember correctly. Uh, they did because, well, not not the team team, because they they definitely did when, when the team team gets promoted to the Guardians of the Globe, Robot and Monster Girl go to the Flaxen empire yeah um but yeah at, i at think this, at this stage of the story this was if i remember this, was, this, this was purely a omni-man invincible thing that they dealt with correct. but it does in in the comics it, it does eventually happen where it's the um you know each time the Flaxens come back they have this their technology advanced a little bit and they come up with this new thing and so and that's i absolutely love that it's like oh please tell me they're gonna start aging soon please like i'm as i'm watching the episode i was like oh tell me they're gonna age tell me they're gonna age oh yes they're aging yes <laughs> um and then when they come back the second time that is what's happened in the second time that they come back is that they have the i thought it was for some reason i'm i'm thinking in the comics it was callers um but anyways regardless they had some i think sort you're of right i think it was callers but but again it and again, wristbands, collars, who cares? Um, right. 
but regardless, they came up with technology because again, it was decades for them um, that they came up with the technology. Like, okay, if we wear these things, we'll sync up with the time. And uh, so then they just like, all right, we'll just smash these things. And then they instantly start dying and they retreat again. Yeah. Um, in the comic, is it three times that they show up before when Omni-Man gets captured? No, I don't think so. Like, I think he gets snatched in the very first one. Uh, oh, well, I mean, it's, it's, they, they do show up multiple times. Uh, yeah. And so it's, they're actually, they're actually a fun little um, nemesis for them. And I actually, I genuinely enjoyed it. And I, and I really like that they kept it. And especially the other thing is too, is that one of the things that happens is that the leader stayed like he's the one that you know has a scar and he keeps he's the one that keeps coming back in the comics i think they come up with like words for invincible and omni-man like a like how they're the the devil or something along those lines i I think i think omni-man is referred to as the great destroyer i think yeah i don't i don't remember that specifically but it's something like that you're i totally yeah i I totally agree that's what they they call him yeah well let me tell you this is this is something they didn't do in the comics that I'm really glad that they did is they showed what Omni Man did to them. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, did he go to town on the Flaxons? And it's like yeah. it was a bad day to be a Flaxon. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I, and I even love that, like because I think the Flaxons showed up before it re- it was revealed um, in the comics. They showed up before the Omni Man yeah. reveal. Yeah, they they showed up before he killed the guardians so yeah so but again i I, like so that's one of the things that's fun about the the show is that they can do that it's like okay well we've already had that big reveal which again doing it in the first episode was the right call in my opinion i agree Um, but yeah but yes but showing what omni-man did to them and it's just like oh and i just love the line too it's just like you seem to be a. You seem to have a misunderstanding. This is not your planet to conquer, uh, <laughs> and then just goes to town. Um, yeah. And so yeah, it's just it was it was really cool. And then and then on top of it too, it's like those, like I you can even see like a little bit in the way that they went with how they drew his you know like Omni Man's re- reactions and facial uh, movements in the in the episode is kind of like ooh I've got an idea. And so then it's just like, and it's like, he didn't do it, but it's just like, I, in like my head, I kind of picture him going like, kind of like cracking his neck and like, you know, limbering up a little bit and being like, all right, ain't nobody around. I can show you the real me. Um, and that's kind of what, and you know, that's with his, with his line. He's, that's what he, that's what he was able to do. He got to, he showed you the real him. Um, Right. And did it for a long time too, like yeah. because by, before the, the his time is ended in the Flaxen world, he had already grown a beard, um, yeah. and which is telling you something about how powerful he is because he did all of, he killed nonstop, and um, I'll, I'll tell you like if I was had the facial hair he he did and just had a mustache it would take me a really long time you know it would take several days if not like 
a couple of weeks to grow in a full beard after yeah. I, if I was clean shaven. Or, well, I mean, not just like, not just a beard, but like a beard to that level. Exactly. You know, I mean, it would take, everything. it would take a few weeks, um, standard time. Um, uh, continuing with, you know, the alien invasion, uh, Mark tried to save a woman, but made it worse. Um, like that's Maya that I, I referenced in the synopsis. And that was, and we've, we've talked about this a little bit too, you know, Jeff, with your lifeguarding and stuff about having, you know, the responsibility to protect someone, you first have to protect yourself to be able to save them. And, um, and Mark didn't get that, but on top of it, it wasn't like, you know, oh, I need to let her take this damage so that we can save everyone. No, 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 no. Mark did everything, you know, the quote unquote right way to save her, uh, sort of. Um, but gosh, the, I just, I, if I'm not going to lie, if I was Mark, even though I had superpowers, I'd be like, if the, after that first time, I'm like, I'm done. I'm, at least let me get better training. I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah. And especially because like, um, like he squishes her. Like, I think, right. Is, is, am I missing? We la- he I lands on top. He, yeah. He lands on top of her and who yeah, knows? he squishes her. And yeah, so, but, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, so it's just, it's rough. And like, and I, and I get that. It's just like, he, you know, and then on top of it too, he's really new to his powers, so he doesn't have the touch. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have that control yet. And then on top of it too, he's freaking out, and so it's real. Like that's one of the things that, I, as if you, if you do read the comics of Invincible, which I hope you do, because uh, it's such a great series. It, it takes a, you know, you, you know, you have to throw a little bit of uh disbelief in there you know you know in there just because there's people's superpowers but it's a pretty realistic take i feel like in the series because and then on top of and then they're transferring it to the animated series and so yeah it's like this this guy is basically superman and he's just got his powers and he's out there trying to save a lady from an alien invasion and winds up you know it's i mean he kills her he's the one that kills her um as horrible as it sounds, he's his his actions are what killed her. Um, it wasn't you know it wasn't malicious intent or anything like that, but it's what he did, and so it's just right. well, she would have um, been killed anyways by the invasion, right? But, right, that's true. So she was she was about to die, but he was he's the one that actually killed her. Um, and so yeah, I'm I, I I'm with you, Patrick. I would be really hard pressed to get back into action if I. I mean, it's one thing for it to just happen and you and you not realize it, but you know, because again, this is like I, I, I do I train in CPR. Um, I I work with firefighters, and I work with paramedics, and so it's just that you know when you're breaking bones, like mm-hmm. when you're doing CPR. Like that's that's one of the things that we you have to be prepared for if you're ever doing CPR is that you might hear ribs crack. Yeah. Uh, you might break some ribs doing CPR. Um, you'll save their life, but you'll know it. Like you'll you'll hear them pop, and so it's just it's a 
it's an interesting sensation. And so it's just like, um, and, and can really mess with you. And so like, I can only imagine what Mark was feeling in that situation when he accidentally crushed her, um, in his attempts to save her. Yeah. Uh, so one of the one of the people that gets in, in introduced in this episode uh, that we already brought up, and his name is Alan the Alien, and he is uh, one of our favorite characters, our none. Uh, he would he probably be on my Mount Rushmore of characters for Invincible. He'd oh, be like so my top four. The the Mount Rushmore is easy for Invincible, in my opinion. It's Mark. Omni Man, Adam Eve, and Al and Alan. Those are the four. If you're going to do a Mount Rushmore of Invincible, those are who you put up there. Um, and so, and Alan is a phenomenal character. I can't wait till we get to see more of him. We don't see a whole lot of him in season one, um, but he's great in what he's in. Yeah. And uh, as the series progresses, and I think they've already they've already announced season two. Did they already announce season three for Invincible? Yeah. They've already okay. they've already got it set up for season three. So as the series progresses, and we know we know we've already got up to season three at least, um, with as good as it is and how good they've done, I suspect we're going to get the whole shebang. I think we're going to get all the whole series of Invincible, and if they don't, it's a trap. That's a travesty. Anyways, right. Uh, but as we get to know more of Alan, Alan is an absolutely phenomenal character. Um, absolutely love him. I'm not the biggest Seth Rogen fan, but if he wasn't put on this earth to voice Alan the alien, I don't know what else he was supposed to do because right. he is flat out perfect um, as Alan the alien. Actually, you know what? To be honest, they I, I know we brought this up in the first episode. They absolutely nailed the casting for this series. Yeah. Uh, Zachary Quinto is, is voices robot absolutely phenomenal and i mean basically i mean honestly at this stage of, of what robot is he's he's spock you know and right. so you know zachary quinto is an absolutely phenomenal spock um don't at me it's tr it's the truth get over it um uh, but yeah and then um oh i forget her name let me look it up real fast so about jillian jacobs jillian jacobs yes and she was in community i love community um, and she's the voice of Adam Eve, and she does a really great job with her. Um, she's the only one that I actually struggled with the most uh, with her casting because it seemed because in Community she's a blonde, yeah, and um, she's a blonde in real life. Oh, is she okay? I just didn't know. Uh, um, well, I mean, that's what she's normally is like. So whether or not it's a die job, it's what I mean, it's whatever. Right. Anyway, so I don't know. <clears throat> I str I struggled with her. By the end of the series, I was like, okay, I'm good. But when I read Invincible comics, like I hear Stephen uh, Yen's voice. Now I hear Seth Rogen's voice, uh, you know, J.K. Simmons. I don't hear hers. Like that's my only struggle is like, I don't hear her speak for Adam Eve. I, and I don't know please, who I please really, tell hear. Me, please, please tell me you hear, uh, Oh, I'm going to butcher. I'm going to butcher this. Sorry in advance, Jason Manzukis. I think that man or Mantzukis or 
uh, as Rexplode. Please tell me you hear him because he's absolutely perfect. Oh, he's yeah. an absolutely perfect Rexplode. Yes, uh, I hear him perfectly too. Absolutely perfect Rexplode. Nails it out of the park. And he just plays. And anything that he is in, he's generally plays very crazy people. And mm. he does it well. And he and they tend to be jerks too. Again, plays it well. I 100% believe just by, you know, just seeing him as, as an actor, I bet you he's probably one of the nicest people in the real, in the world. I honestly, I don't, please don't vouch. Don't, you know, don't take me at my word for that because I could be, I could very well be wrong. I've never really heard anybody say anything about him. Um, but Generally, people that do characters like that are generally actually very nice people, um, and he's and and also tend to be a little more down to earth than other people. Um, yeah. So it just wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he's like, oh yeah, I got to dig deep for these characters. You wouldn't believe like I'm, you know, it's like this is so against who I am as a person. Um, yeah. But he but he does like he's absolutely phenomenal. He's phenomenal in the episodes that he's in, and like he's in, you know, he shows up in Brooklyn Nine Nine. He shows up in Parks and Rec. Um, a bunch a bunch of stuff. He's he's in a bunch of stuff. Um, and he genuinely, oh, he absolutely nails that as Rex explode. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, and Walter, Walton Goggins, uh, he's the guy that he was, he was the, uh, he was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, he was the guy that was trying to get, oh man, Pim's I'm trying lab. to remember. Yeah, he's trying to get Pim's lab and he's the voice of Cecil. Um, I, he was in. Liked, he was in the Shield. Um, what other? What else? What other shows was he in? He was in something. He, I I I like him as Cecil, but to me, he's not a home run like some of the people that we've just been talking about. He's not like Seth or Jason, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. Or in, and actually, in my in my opinion as well, Jillian. I think Jillian does a phenomenal job as Adam Eve. Um. Uh, and again, I'm not saying he did a bad job because I think he actually did a very good job, but he's just not a voice that I hear. Just kind of like how you're talking about with Adam Eve. He's not the voice that I hear when I read Invincible comics. When it comes to Cecil, like I hear uh, a deeper voice than Walton. Yeah, I um, usually hear like a, a Sam Elliott type. Yes, like Sam is... I, I actually go um actually i go clinton eastwood like that's actually kind of closer to the voice the type of voice that i hear with cecil yeah 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 definitely um but but again i i and as this as this season progresses walton does a he does a very good job with cecil absolutely Um, but yeah so and and actually and while we're talking about cecil uh that's also one of the differences is that Cecil's Cecil and the GDA is introduced much earlier uh, than he is in the comics. Yeah, uh, he in in the time frame of when Cecil would be introduced in the comics, if they stayed true to the comics, Cecil would actually be introduced at the end of the season. Uh, with what with what happens at the end of the season, that's when Cecil would have actually been introduced. Um, so I. I'm kind of honestly, I'm kind of torn about them introducing Cecil so early. Um, it's not 
I'm not hundred percent opposed, but I'm definitely not a hundred percent on board. Um, and I think did they change? I'm trying to. I want to make sure I didn't miss this up. Mess this up um, with the GDA. Do they? Do they say that they don't specifically work with Omni Man? Because in the comics, he they he did like they actually straight up said like, oh yeah, no, I was the voice. You know, and when Cecil is introduced in the comics, he's like, no, I was the voice in the earpiece. Yeah. Uh, um. It was Omni Man just wasn't a part of the guardians like they would um they would send well, him well, I, well i mean De- i mean debbie even said it's like you're not his boss or he doesn't work for you uh she made that she made that statement mm-hmm. um so that's one of the things that that i actually don't like that they took that away because that was something that was like very crucial to the very beginning but they do make it clear that they have a real they have an existing relationship that they do work with each other it's just that nolan never just worked for them or whatever he just happened to work with them. he it's more of a we work you know he's more like an outside contractor consultant sort of thing instead right. of actually working with them um so I, and again, that's that's a very small, minor thing in the grand scheme of Invincible. Uh, but yeah, so for me, I, I'm not not the biggest fan of that change. Um, yeah. Then, then the other big change with Cecil is that Cecil and Damian Darkblood are already suspicious of Nolan from the yeah. get go, and because I remember when in the comics reading it and. And Cecil finds out Omni Man is evil. I was like, "How did you not see this coming?" Now, granted, I'm reading everything. I know the whole story, um, but it's also like, why? Why didn't you even think that it was Omni Man? Like, I, it's. I mean, it's just clear in the comics he was. Well, I mean, I mean, taken by surprise. One of one of the big one of the big things though that is different about the comics. In the in the show is that Omni Man is not left at the scene, you know. So yeah, he true. in the comics, he's they, you know, the the Guardians don't do anything to him. He just wipes them out, yeah. um, and then leaves. In the show, he got beat up bad, like he took right. a licking, you know, and so he was left on scene. So I can see where it wouldn't make sense. You know, I could see where they would be suspicious of Nolan, especially since he's left at the scene. And it's like, well, really, in all honesty, the only person that probably really could do that is, you know, the guy that's still alive. Right. Uh, but and, you know, it's I'll, funny. I'll, for me, pers- for me personally, there's something about. To me, it makes the betrayal worse from Omni-Man in the fact that nobody saw it coming. That nobody even realized it was that it was him until the end of the season, and with what happens at the end of the season. Uh, so for me, and I, and we'll get into this more when we get to the season finale. Um, but for me, it's one of the things that actually I like the comic version better when it, with the fact that Damien Darkblood, no clue. Yeah, no clue. In, in fact, actually, let me let me go ahead and spoil this. Let me go ahead and spoil this. Um, so I, so if anybody if anybody doesn't want to be spoiled with this, um, uh, go ahead and skip 
skip ahead a, a minute. Damien Darkblood in the comics, 100% had no idea what was going on. Absolutely no clue. And then on top of it, too, once it all comes out, once it's figured out what like what Omni-Man has actually done, and, and by the end of this first season, it's going to come out that it, what, what happened. Darmy, Damien Darkblood, a little while after all of this happened and everybody knows everything, still has no idea that that's what would happen because he comes and reports to Cecil and it's like, okay, so I've got a theory about what happened to the Guardians, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it could potentially be like alien parasites, something not something nonsensical like that. I don't remember what it is specifically, but he says something like that. He's like, no, nah, it was Omni-Man. He's like, and he's just like, you're like the worst detective ever. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so again, for the comedic purposes of the story, I'm upset that that's now taken from us. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. Clancy Brown as Damien Darkblood. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. But I'm going to miss that. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely going to miss that. That's what happened. That we're not going to get that in the show. Yeah. Um, I really am. I, I really 100% am. I, I am upset that we got robbed of that because it's absolutely just perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, we've, we've kind of already touched on it a little bit. But our, our biblical passage that we are uh, really kind of connecting to this episode is Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. Uh, and this is what the gospel says. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. Those who find it are few. Uh, so this this verse was the one that we chose because when we looked at really kind of what the whole central focus of this episode was being prepared and and finding out that it you know things are hard. So you know we've touched on this that one of the things that I love the most about the differences between this comic, the comic and this cartoon is, you know, Mark is not good from the get-go. Uh, and in this episode, Mark even mentions to his mom that Omni-Man never mentioned and told him and prepared him for how difficult it was uh, being a hero and luckily, you know, he's met Eve and is, you know, uh, is getting that friendship with uh, another hero his own age. And she, you know, talks to him about how she used to puke before every battle. And, uh, you know, he's just keeps going on. It's like, you know, I thought this would be easier. I'd punch the aliens. They'd go away. You know, big bang, boom, it's done. Uh, and, you know, Eve's like... You know, the first time is always difficult. It's it's never an easy thing to do. And uh, Debbie even mentions, it's like, yeah, Nolan's not great about talking about his feelings and, and how he feels about battle and everything. And uh, so that's one of those interesting things that, you know, that's really uh, a different thing for, you know, Nolan, he's like, because he's used to it. And um, and so combat comes naturally to him. 
where that's not the case for Mark. He is not used to combat and is definitely not used to war because that's what was happening was that they, I mean, they were being invaded by an alien force and they were there to fight. Uh, you know, he had to fight an army. And so with this scripture that, you know, Jesus tells people that, uh, you know, enter by the narrow gate and the narrow gate is hard. Uh, and, but it's that narrow gate that leads to life. And so it's that same thing with being a hero in the invincible world that, yeah, sure. There's plenty of heroes, but to be successful, it's difficult work. Uh, and we'll kind of get a little bit more into this later that the guardians aren't I do apologize for the spoiler, but the guardians aren't when the teen team become basically become the new guardians. Um, they're not very good. Uh, they struggle. And that's true to the comics as well. And uh, so being um, an efficient and well-oiled machine and being a good hero, it takes a lot of hard work. And so for us as Christians, um, you know, we have Jesus's grace that's something that we receive from him. We've never deserved it. We don't earn it. It's something that is Jesus gave to us when he died on the cross and was resurrected on the third day. But life as a Christian is, it's narrow. You know, Jesus has, is giving us a path on what we're supposed to follow and what life looks like for Christians. And it will be difficult uh, not impossible, but it takes, um, uh, but life with life in Jesus is, is diff is hard because you know, we don't get to do whatever we want. We, you know, we're called to do what Jesus wants with our lives. And so for, for us as followers of Christ, you know, it's something for us to consider that. As, and in, now at the time of the recording of this, of our podcast, uh, we're in the season of Lent, and this is a time where we're supposed to be growing as disciples of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, for us to, to do that, it takes discipline and um, a path to follow. And, and so it's just something for us as Christians to follow. Are we on that path? Well, and the big thing, too, when it comes to this particular verse, and this is one of my favorite verses, it comes from the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, which is just chock full of great mess. It's just one great message after another. And so, and it's just, it's one of the things that is very true. And, and it's in all honesty, it's one of the most um, honest verses. I feel like as, as weird as it might be to say that it's one of the most honest verses as to what it's like to be a Christian. Cause there are so many times that, and again, this is, we're talking about an authentic, you know, authentically following Christ is very, can be very challenging in the aspect that you're going to be walking a different path than everybody else. You should and sound and look different than everybody else because of the way that you, the way that you choose to hold yourself, the way that you react to things, the way that you act, uh, the way that you talk and your motivations they're going to be different than everybody else for the most part. Um, and it's like, there'll be, you know, people will be like, Oh, you don't do that. It's like, no, I, I don't do that. Um, and so, 
it's one of the things that is it's it's and it's going to be really tempting to get off the narrow path because you look at the wide path for one it's generally generally speaking there's more people on it and so there's more instances that you're going to feel like you're um you're going to you can there's going to be times you're going to feel more accepted you're going to feel like you fit in uh and these are things that we as humans struggle with we feel we we want to fit in we want people to like us we want to feel like we belong and it's very easy to get caught up in everything and to think that um in order to have that feeling we need to be on the wide path whereas when you get into that authentic christ following and then on top of it you're also with other authentic christ followers you do feel you do still get that same camaraderie you still feel like you you belong um but like i said this is one of the most honest verses i feel like that it is that there is in the bible about of of preparing you to how you are going what's it's going to feel like when you're a christian it's very easy to get off the path that god has intended for us and it's because it's going to be easier it's going to lead towards uh, feeling different things that may in the instant may feel good but you'll you'll regret later uh, and again it's going to be the path that the rest of the world is on so there's that you you're going to feel you're going to feel like you're belonging to people that you shouldn't be belonging to. Uh, but it's the same thing. And, and again, so it's like kind of what Patrick's talking about. It's very, honestly, it's also very the same thing when it comes to if you're, if you're Mark Grayson and you're developing these superpowers and you want to become a better superhero, it's not, you can't just become one overnight. It's not, you don't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden you know exactly how to do everything and do everything properly. There's not a single superhero that should, it should ever be like that for it. There's, there's a growing curve. Um, there's a learning curve and a grow, you know, you gotta grow. So, um, but so honestly, when it comes, but more importantly, what it is, it is about your walk. And it is very easy to take easy, to take shortcuts and go in a direction that you shouldn't go. And so it's just it's something that um, I think is very important for us. This is a very important verse for us to remember uh, when it comes to your walk, is that it's it's easy to not be on the right path. And you may even, you may even enjoy it, but ultimately it's going to be taking you towards a in a direction that you don't want to go. All right. How would you rate this episode? Probably should have thought this through, but my gut reaction is my gut reaction is 4.5 uh, for this episode. Uh, it's just slightly a little bit below perfect. Um, because as I've said, you know, this will seem slightly hypocritical of me, but I wish to have seen Mark actually accomplish something more in the fight against the Flaxons. Um, I mean, I, I understand he's getting used to these powers, but I don't know. The fact that the only time he actually... Well, even... I, mean, in the, I mean, in the second, the, in the second go-around with them, 
he, you know, he gets upset and saves Adam Eve. Right. And so, like, but he, he doesn't do that until after he gets upset. Like, I, I wanted to see him actually, especially in the second, like, the first time, perfect. That was the perfect thing to do because he's having a panic attack. He's covered in blood. That's fine. Uh, the second time, like, he's he's basically gooed from the get-go. I, I kind of wanted to have see him at least accomplish something before that. Um, but like I said, that's my preference. Uh, <coughs> so that's my only real knock against it is that is, is even though I've said I've loved that he struggled from the beginning and being a hero, he still, he still should have been able to do something. So that's why it's a 4.5 instead of a 5. What about uh, I, I would have actually given this a 4.75 um, with only just being shy of perfect. But what's preventing me from giving it a 4.5, and I'm going to bump it down to a 4.5 to match you, is the first minute of the show. Again, the stupid freaking security guard. I don't care about John Hamm in this show. Move on. Um, I'm done. I'm done with him. Uh, but there's so much about this show, this episode that was just absolutely perfect. Uh, I loved the Alan and Mark fight. Absolutely loved it. It was phenomenal. Absolutely. Um, it, 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 agree. It, it, it's, it's basically just like it's, it, it's longer than it was in the comics, the actual fight aspect of it. But the fact that they, you know, um, sit and have a chat because you know, and I think he does call the timeout in the comics. I think right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he calls the timeout in the comics, calls it out in the show, and then they have a they sit and have a convo on the moon, which is just weird to think about. It's like, oh yeah, I'm on the moon, and I'm talking to this alien. Um, but yeah, so it's just absolutely. I love Alan. I love that they brought him in this at this point of the show and they had their 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 fight and um so yeah i just absolutely love it and love pretty much just about everything else about the episode um just again the big real big thing that i just i can't stand that guy i just can't stand wasting precious time on that um not a stupid story uh but yeah, absolutely, absolutely phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal work so far. Uh, and and again, the rest of the series is, is going to uh, stay up to snuff as well, as far as I'm concerned. If not, we wouldn't be talking about it. Uh, but anybody with any questions for us about any of our biblical lessons or anything that we've talked about in this episode, or if you want to discuss, discuss anything else ranging from anime comics, uh, just feel free to email us at frickety talkback at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at FricketyF or at FricketyFrack on Instagram and Facebook. Remember that God loves you. We love you. And all right, let's put on some pants and let's get into the sky. 